0: You know, as a tenant, if you ever have an eviction on your record, then that's a showstopper. I think in a lot of ways, criminal records are better than eviction records.
1: Welcome, my friend, to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice... I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, They are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping. Uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you so um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding uh, they've come up with a guide it's called the top 10 crowdfunding questions guide and they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself and they're all the answers they don't leave you hanging they got answers to all the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions so you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, i check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and we've got amazing skill set Sunday episode comment right at you. And you, if you don't know about the show, then Skillset Sunday is all about a skill that you can immediately apply in your real estate investing business so that at the end of our conversation, you're armed with something new that will help you move forward and, and make more money and, and um, kind of be more profitable with your with your business. And today I'm pleased and honored to have Lucas Hall from Cozy with us today. How's it going, Lucas?
0: Hey, Joe, it's going well. <laughs>
1: you're well. It's going well. Every, everything's well.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well,
1: that's probably because you're based in Washington, D.C., but you're skiing on the slopes right now. Is that right?
0: Well, I would love to be skiing in Colorado, but it's August, so there's not too much snow. It's really quite lovely here.
1: <laughs> that just shows you how little I know about ski. I just, I, I'm not a skier because I, I don't like getting up on these ski lifts. They just, they terrify me. And so I'm never in Colorado or I'm never in these ski towns. And I should know better that during the summer, there's no snow to ski on. But I just figured it was snowy all the time.
0: One would hope, I suppose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on the show. And you know, you're you're a previous guest. But we're doing a different format this time. We're not getting your best advice ever. And we're focused, although if you want to hear Luke's best advice ever, and I highly recommend you do because it's one of the most popular episodes on the show, just Google his name, Google my name together. I should have looked up your episode number before, but I didn't. And check out his advice. Today, we're going to talk all about tenant screening. And for any real estate investors who manage their own portfolio, this is going to be a must listen to episode and a must must apply skill. And then any property managers as well that uh, are in the business and and looking for some tips on tenant screening. And, you know, anybody also who lives in one side and renounce the other. Like myself, I'm going to be doing that in about three months. I'm going to be buying something here in Cincinnati and living in on one side running out the other. And I want to pick up on some tenant screening tips. So this is this is going to be a great episode. So, with that, a little bit about Lucas. He's the chief landlordologist at Cozy, uh, and he's the founder of landlordology.com. By the way, I gave you props last time on your title, chief landlordologist at Cozy. <laughs> I got to give you props again. I love that title.
0: Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it's a fun title to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a consistent theme. You're the chief landlordologist at Cozy and you're the founder of Landlordology. So nice, consistent branding there. Give you props from an advertising, my advertising background. The Landlordology gives the best tools for independent landlords and managers. He's got 10 years of landlording himself. And like I said, he's based in D.C., but he is not skiing on the slopes, but he is hanging out in some fresh air city. And with that being said, Lucas, you want to give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and uh, what you're focused on right now?
0: Sure. So as you mentioned, I started Landlordology, and that really came out of a necessity as a landlord to try to develop community within independent landlords uh, around the country. So I was a landlord and I was really struggling to find decent educational resources that I could learn from online. And, and, you know, my options were to pay a couple thousand dollars for some guru course or, you know, buy just, you know, dozens of books that weighed 10 pounds each and try to read as fast as I could. So, uh, you know, what I did is I, I just learned the hard way through trial and error and, and did a lot of reading and, uh, and years later thought, you know, I just need to try to dump some of this information back into the community so that, that we can teach each other and we can learn from each other. And that's how the, the site started. Well, shortly thereafter, Gino approached me from cozy and said, Hey, we love what you're doing. You know, you seem to be experienced and you seem to, to know your stuff and we're doing the exact same thing, except we're doing it with software. So we're trying to increase the quality of landlords and, and help that landlord tenant relationship through software in this country and you're doing it through a content website. And so Cozy acquired Landlordology and now I work directly with Cozy and we tag team and try to, you know, just help make renting easier for everybody. So since then, Landlordology has gone on to become one of the top sites uh, in the world for landlording and it gets uh, 2.4 million page views a year uh, currently. So it's really popular. It gets a lot of comments and uh, it's just really turned into a great community.
1: How much time do you spend on landlordology versus cozy, and what are your? How do you divvy up the responsibilities?
0: Sure. Well, with landlordology, I'm I'm on there probably about eighty five percent of the time, just trying to help and teach other landlords how to be more profitable and successful, and and to build community uh, around it. I think I think we'll all succeed if we help each other and and coach each other along the way and teach each other what lessons we've learned. But when I'm working directly with the other guys at Cozy who are awesome, they are building software that helps make that a reality. So I can teach all the best practices about tenant screening or rent collection, but without tools to actually do it, you know, it's useless. So I work directly with the developers and designers and, and try to help them see what requirements a property manager or landlord actually has for software. You know, there's certain things that we needed to do. And there are a couple landlords and property managers at Cozy working on that, you know, from a development standpoint. And I think that's fantastic because we're, you know, eating our own dog food per se. You know, we're, we're using the tools that we're building. So, you know, I help build the product or help define the requirements for the product. And then the very talented developers and designers at Cozy, you know, use magic to make it happen.
1: That makes sense. That sounds like a good way to build anything. Have the people who are on the front lines give advice and opinion and direction, and then have the experts design it and develop it. Makes sense. So let's talk about tenant screening. Sure. Where today is all about a specific skill. And at the end of our conversation, before we get into the specifics, at the end of our conversation, what will the best ever listeners know?
0: They will know a quick way to evaluate tenants while maintaining you know, all the fair housing laws. And so how do you quickly evaluate them? Specifically, what I do, I'm able to evaluate a tenant within about an hour, and that's just unheard of. So I'm happy to teach you what I do. Okay, well,
1: then the very first question is pretty clear. That's easy to say. How do you quickly evaluate tenants while <laughs> maintaining the housing laws and do it in an hour or less?
0: Sure, so my my dirty little secret is that I require my applicants to not only submit an application online which you know gets rid of all kinds of typo errors but i also require them to not only submit the application but a credit report and a background check at the same time so by the time i actually receive you know the application it has those that information those reports attached to it and that way i have all the information i need or at least 95% of it that i need before i even get started i think the the majority of the time that landlords spend on tenant screening it's back and forth communication or it's you know it's like hey you didn't do this or you didn't do this come back and you know give me all this information or or i need to contact a uh, a previous landlord which i still do but uh you know sometimes it's like hey you need you didn't give me that information i need to get it from you then i need to contact your landlord and and that's really just time spent in communicating so i've i've eliminated the majority of that by saying i won't even look at your application until it's complete so uh, I use, as a, as you know, I use Cozy for that, and Cozy allows landlords to request and require credit reports and background checks when that application is submitted, which the tenant pays for, and, and then it's delivered to both parties. So it just gets rid of the process, the lengthy process.
1: So when you're placing the ad for mm-hmm. your, what you've you got single-family homes, right?
0: I have a mix. Yeah, condos and single-family homes.
1: Okay, so let's go single family home. You've, you've sure. got you've got a single family home. It needs a tenant. You're placing the ad. Is there a reference to certain like URL that you send them to, or how does that work?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So whether I'm posting on Zillow or Trulia or, or Craigslist, I'll put the link to an online application in the ad. And so that way, if someone's comfortable, they can just fill it out and and submit it and send me all the information. And that's great. And sometimes I do get applicants who have. I've never talked to or never heard of. And all of a sudden I have an application and then I follow up with them. But most of the time they'll respond to the ad and say, Hey, I'm really interested. You know, I've got a few follow up questions before I'm comfortable submitting that application. So I'll, I'll run through that. And then after I answer the questions, usually they'll, they'll submit it and I'll keep an eye out. So it's pretty easy.
1: So then they get the questions answered or they don't ask questions. They click the link. What happens?
0: It takes them to an online application where they they just fill it out and they put in their references to their previous landlords, you know, any sort of testimonials that they might have from people, and you know, basic information like birth date and and name and and any other occupants. Um, one of the things I love about the online application that, that Cozy has is that it allows roommates to apply together. So I'll actually receive all of their applications at the not at the same time, but as a group. And so I can evaluate them as a group, and I can compare what their total income is to the actual rent amount that would be on the lease. So it lets me kind of evaluate it. Instead of having to whip out my calculator and do all the math, it's just all done for me. So that's another shortcut. What
1: are the costs involved for the applicant?
0: Well, the application's free, and the tenant credit report and background check would be $19.95 each paid by the tenant, or if bundled together, which I highly recommend is uh, there's a discount of about five dollars, so it would be thirty four ninety five for both, and uh, and that's pretty competitive. I've, I've looked around at a lot of different vendors to provide you know who provide reports, and it's they range from you know the same price up to a hundred dollars sometimes for for those two things.
1: Got it. And the background check is checking what criminal?
0: Yeah, criminal, um, nationwide and county criminal records, eviction records. Sex offender database, terrorist watch list, address verification—it it does a, a, a gambit of things that most landlords don't even think to look for. They wouldn't even know, you know, that they would need to know that information, nor would they know how to get it, even if they wanted to. So it's tricky, you know. Background checks in particular are one of the most difficult things to accurately get, and the value of a background check really lies in the source of the data. So there's a, a ton of online companies out there that will say, say they run background checks, but they're only checking maybe 30% of the county records in the country. And you know, what we did with with Cozy before we even started a background check product is that we made sure we got the data from a source that was one of the broadest sources that we could find. You know, it was one of the best on the market and the most diverse, and it was able to dive into those records that are hard to get to.
1: What's that source?
0: We partnered with a company called Checker, and uh, you can just Google it. It's C H E C K E or C-H-C-K-R.
1: Yeah, I I just figured that there would be no E at the very end of that. I was just I was just <laughs> guessing.
0: <laughs> I already wrote that down. <laughs>
1: those startups. That's right. <laughs> Well, for landlords who profit on applications and, you know, they charge, say, like a $50 fee versus the $40-ish, $35, 40 dollars ish 35 dollars 40 that the fee goes to, does it all go to Cozy?
0: Correct. Yes, it is. It's the way Cozy makes money is yeah. through the screening products.
1: So for landlords who still want to make money on the applications or mark up the credit report, I mean, because I'm thinking for apartment communities, you could charge a 50, some people do, I don't, but some charge like $50 application fee and that includes background and in credit check to apply and they use that as a source of revenue. Have you come across that or any landlord's not wanting to give that up?
0: You know, we have a slightly for very large property management companies and, and it's because they're processing hundreds of people, you know, every year or even thousands of people every year. And so, you know, $10 here and there does add up. But primarily what we found is that even, even small property managers, I mean, small with people with 50 or hundred units who are managing just a, a large building, you know, they'd rather not deal with the money. You know, it, it's an accounting issue. It's a it's a liability. It's, it's hard to track. You need somebody to stay on top of it. And so if you can say, hey, listen, there's, you know, I'm not going to collect a single penny from you, but there is a fee associated with that. And you can just pay that to the vendor directly. Then that alleviates a lot of the pain and the suffering that, you know, a, a property manager has to go through. Because quite frankly, you know, that's the least of their worries. They're not going to get rich off application fees and they know it. And if they can spend more time making necessary repairs or finding better tenants, they'll make that money back in no time. You know, <laughs> you know, one eviction will wipe out any profits they have on application fees in that year. So if they can just alleviate one eviction by spending more time tenant screening, then uh, then problem solved.
1: Other than contacting previous landlord, you mentioned the process of requiring the application to submit to be online and receiving a credit report and background check. Other than contacting previous landlord, what else is there that they they would need to do?
0: Would you like me just to go through my process, you know, starting from, from scratch? I would like that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so what I do is, as we mentioned, advertising. So I'll put that link, you know, an online application link in all of my ads. And then Whenever I get somebody, whether it's through those ads or somebody that I get off the street or through a friend, I always tell them just go to this ad or go to this link and and fill out the application, and that's how we start the process. So once I get that information, I evaluate it and I look at it and I say, okay, well, you know, do they pass my credit requirements? Do they have any evictions on their um, their record? Which, by the way, I if you ever you know as a tenant, if you ever have an eviction on your record, then that's that's a showstopper. I think in a lot of ways criminal records are uh, better than eviction records because you could have a a petty theft, you know, judgment against you from 10 years ago and you've straightened out and it was just, you know, you stole something in a convenience store, but that's a whole lot better than someone who willfully stayed in a unit, passed their lease and refused to pay rent because that shows clear defiance to a landlord. So uh, evictions are a showstopper for me, but you know, the criminal records are okay depending on if it was a violent or a nonviolent crime and how long ago it happened. So typically two years is kind of my mark. If it was a, uh, if it was a nonviolent crime, you know, if you have to kind of be clean for two years and then if it was a violent crime, I, uh, I, I just, that's a showstopper. I just, I'm not going to deal with people that, you know, hurt somebody else or, or tried to hurt somebody else. I'll look at the application and I'll look at the income requirements. So whether it's a single tenant or group of tenants applying together, that total household income has to be between two and three times the monthly rent. So if the rent is is $1,000, that group would need to make $2,000 or $3,000 a month as a whole in order to afford that place. And so I I usually, I shoot for two and a half, uh, but I tell people two two to three because every place is a little different. And I keep that pretty consistent. So I set up these boundaries, you know, that I work within and I don't deviate from that because when I do, then it starts to become, you know, a potential discrimination lawsuit. And if I pick one person who only had, you know, 1.8 times the rent amount versus somebody who did have the, the required income amount, then, you know, they could come back to me and say, oh, you discriminated me for some other reason that I wouldn't be able to defend. So anyway, I, the rule, the big thing is to keep set requirements that every tenant has to pass through and that you hold every applicant to those same standards. So it's just like with interviewing for a job, you got you, know, you got to make sure that these people have certain experiences. So after I review all the applications that come in, I'll look at them and I'll, I'll kind of go in order. So the people that submitted first, I'll see if they pass and then work down the list. It's not typically... I have never seen it as a state law that requires you to review applicants in order. So theoretically, you could accept somebody who makes five hundred thousand dollars a year, even if they accept, you know, even if they submitted their application after somebody else and they both qualify. I, you know, I think legally you could do that, though I'm not a lawyer. But I, I typically try to review them in order because I just think that's fair. Once I find somebody who is qualified on paper and they don't have a record, I will call their former two landlords. So the reason I call their last two landlords is because the current landlord doesn't actually know how that tenant is going to leave the place when they vacate. You know, they haven't moved out yet. They're still living there. So I need to know if they trashed the place or if they actually did a good job cleaning it when they left or you know, did they not tell the landlord about a broken window and then, you know, a storm came through and flooded the hardwood floors. You know, I just don't know. So I need to know two things, two landlords and what their opinion was. And I'll, I'll typically ask them, you know, a couple pretty decent questions. And, and it goes through the basic things like, did they pay rent on time? You know, did they leave with outstanding utilities? Uh, but my favorite question <laughs> is just, I ask them very point blank at the end of the phone conversation, I'll say, would you rent to them again? And that is, is an opinionated question. And what I love about it is that it sums up the entire, the entire experience. And so that landlord will think to themselves and say, Oh yeah, you know, they missed one rent payment, but they were really good. And, and I really liked them and they were easy to work with. And as a whole I'd rent to them again in a heartbeat. And so that's, that speaks so much to me as another fellow landlord than if they missed one rent payment. So that's my go-to question at the end. After I talk with those landlords, I'll go back and I'll look at the application and I'll say, well, you know, I, I think this works. I think it'll it'll fit. And I'll look at when they want to move in. If they want to move in two months later, I should say, <laughs> if they wanted to move in two months after I want them.
1: To you screened that out way before, don't you?
0: You're absolutely right. But <laughs> I'll usually go back to them and say, listen, you, you check out, but that's a deal breaker for me. So is there any way you can move it up? Because I've found that typically, if it's a good tenant and they really like the place, then that's what I want. I want somebody who really wants to make it their home and they really want to live there because that's the type of person that's gonna keep it up and they're gonna, you know, respect me or respect the apartment. So if they really want it, they will often pay for a whole month of rent or more, even though they're not living there. They just look at that as like, oh, that's the cost of moving. And You know, sometimes in situations, it's their employer paying for it. And so it's not a big deal because the employer just shells out the money. So I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt and see if they want to change it. But if they say no and they say, you know, it's a hard date. I can't move before then. Then uh, then I move on to the next one. And I just evaluate until I find somebody where all the stars align. I can do all of that analysis kind of minus the landlord references and, and calling those landlords. I can do all of that in about 45 minutes. I like to think it takes me about 15 minutes or so to call the last two landlords if I can get a hold of them. So that's my general screening process. I do make sure that the tenant does meet other things. And this is during the pre phone screening requirement, you know, when, when they contact me in the beginning about pets or if they're smokers or things like that, if they want to come see the place, which most people do, but you'd be surprised how many people are moving from out of state and just want to rent it sight unseen. But if they want to see the place, I'll usually do a lot of pre-screening questions at that time. So if they express interest, you know, I'll go through some basic things like, you know, do you smoke? Do you have pets? Do you, you know, how many people are you going to have? It's important to note that you can't discriminate based on number of children or, you know, particularly what types of children they have or ages or, you know, the, the types of people they have, but you can discriminate based on occupancy. So almost every county in the United States has a rule that says, you know, there's two people per bedroom or, or some variation of that. So if you have a two bedroom apartment, it would actually be unlawful for you to rent, you know, in most in most guys to a eight group family, you know, <laughs> so th- it just is a health risk because there's too many people living in a house. And so you should really understand what your county requirements are and, and just stick to the occupancy limits that the county sets in place regardless of how old or what type, you know, how many kids they have or if they're kids or if they're adults or whatever. But I do, from a tenant screening standpoint, I do go through this process with every adult applicant in that group. So whether it's a family or a group of roommates, you know, if they're legal age, I need an application and a credit report and a background check on every single one of them. There's no exceptions to that.
1: Yeah, those pre-screening questions are pretty interesting, and helpful, especially for, I would think those would be asked at the beginning, even if they don't ask to look at the place, right? Especially if smoking is a deal breaker for you.
0: Yeah. And I, I typically, I do ask a ton of questions in the beginning. And I skipped over that earlier when I was talking. But I do list all of those requirements in the ad. So I'm kind of working on the understanding that they've read my ad and that they know what they're applying to. So I'll ask, you know, I'll I'll define any kind of requirements like no smoking or no pets or only dogs or specifically when I want the lease to start, because that's a critical issue for me. I don't want to wait two months for somebody just because they want me to. You know, I need rent now. But if I do get them on the phone or they do stop by, I'll usually ask them questions like, you know, why are you moving? You know, tell me about that. And if they say, oh, my landlord you know, it's just unfair, or he he doesn't. You know, he, he thinks he can raise the rent on us, which maybe he can. I'm not sure, but you just want to find out what that attitude is. Do they hate their landlord? Do they resent it? You know, or are they just moving because of something like a job, or they're moving to go to school or something like that? I'll ask them when their ideal move-in date is. I'll ask them about their job. You know, and this is all typically on the application, but I want them. I want to know what they tell me first. So that that when I go back to the application and I look at it, I can compare and see if their story matches up. You know, if they tell me that they work for Google and then they, on the application, they say they work for Lockheed Martin, then they're getting their stories mixed up and then something is missing. You know, there's a red flag that shoots up that I need to dig into a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I imagine those would be two different personality types, Google and Lockheed Martin, too.
0: (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) One's building jets and one's building search engines. That's
1: right. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful. This has been, I mean, I like how we, we, you address the tenant screening and talked about how you can quickly determine that in an hour or less. And like you said, it's, it's requiring applications to be submitted online with a credit report and a background check at the same time. So you got all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. The more things that are submitted and consolidated at once, the more efficient the process is, I think that's like pretty straightforward. makes makes a whole lot of sense, and uh, I I think the pre screening questions are pretty interesting too, and how you put those in the in the application or in the ad rather. Smoking, pets, number of people you have, because and I'll I'll mention the other two I wrote down. Date you want to start the lease, meaning you, the landlord, want them to start the lease. That's really important. That's something I've never thought of, and setting the expectations like, hey, this. Places available, but this is when you need to start your lease. That's, uh, that could be a money saver, a money maker for some best ever listeners. And then when you get on the phone with them, talking about them, about their situation and learning more about that, I think it's the question of would you rent to them again whenever you're speaking to previous landlords? That's a question that my management company asks. So I, I've heard that before and it's a really important question that we've got to ask. The previous landlord, and then your point on the current landlord doesn't know how they'll leave the place. That's an important point too, in my opinion, because you know it's all's well that ends well, but it's got to end well, and you don't know if it's ended well or not until after they move out and what the you know condition of the property is in. So, thank you so much for sharing your advice and and talking about the process and. Talking about Cozy and Landlordology, and both are incredible websites, incredible services, and uh, ultimately, both are, you know, with the end goal of just making things easier for landlords. And so, I always enjoy our conversations. You're just a a joy to be around and just a a wealth of knowledge. So, thanks again for being on the show, Lucas. And is there anything else you want to mention before we sign off?
0: Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh I'll give you one last bonus tip, and this is something I learned after a few years. And it was just that I do require the tenant to submit a copy of their latest, their last two pay stubs, or if they can, but really just, I need a copy of a pay stub. And I I don't tell them about that in the ad, I don't tell them about that in the application. I let them fill those things out, where it does ask how much they make, and who they work for, and how long they've been there really. And then I go back and I say, okay, you know, to finish this, give me your, you know, give me a copy or paste stuff. And most of them can just download it off their HR site or they can take a picture of it with their phone. So it's really easy, but that is a, that is a great way for me to determine how honest and truthful the tenant is because it's so easy. You you would be amazed at how many tenants fudge on their salary. They may make $50,000 a year, but they just kind of up it and say, oh, I make 75 because I want, I really want this apartment and then I go look at their pay stub and it's actually 50. So I, I'm not so upset because they still may qualify, but it does tell me that they lied to me. Yep. So I think a big thing is how honest that tenant's gonna be because it's a relationship. You, know, you have to nurture that relationship and build it over the course of the lease. And in that case, you know, you'll know, you have a great tenant, you'll have a, a place that gets taken care of, and they'll be happy. You know, they, they don't feel like they're hiding anything from you. So this process that I've elaborated on I actually wrote it all down a couple of months ago and I, I put it on Landlordology. So it's completely free. We don't we don't make any money off it. We don't sell it. It's just, you just download it. So whether you want it or, or your listeners, it's there for free. And, and I even have a checklist to go through at the end so you don't miss anything.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, if you can email me the link and then I'll include it in the show notes page. Perfect. All right, well, thanks a lot, Lucas.
0: Yeah, thank you. All right, I'll we'll talk to you later.
1: crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land. They're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-a-n-d.com forward slash best ever.